Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T, the fabulous, and I'm here today on the round table. The round table is gonna be pretty cool today. We're gonna chop it up with my brother George T and Scott Moses. George, you'll know, is the owner of the wagon and also Las Vegas VW Club member. And Scott Moses, who's also a Las Vegas CW Club member, and he's had some show cars out there that you might see, the red turbo convertible, and also soon to be featured, a green crew cab that'll be in Hot VW's magazine coming up. So sit back, relax, check it out. Let us know what you think about the podcast. Give us some feedback on the topics we discuss, where you think we're right, where you think we're wrong. You got any comments, make sure you share them and let us know how you feel at Let's Talk Dubs on Instagram and also on our Facebook page. You can also get to us on our website at letstalkdubs.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Round table. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. This is going to be our roundtable edition on the microphone today. I've got with me George Sagrinos, my brother and owner of the wagon. How's everybody doing? And I've got Scott Moses, uh, one of our buddies, longtime friend growing up, and the owner of the green double cab and the turbo convertible. Thanks for having me. So uh, this episode, what we're going to be doing, we're doing a little roundtable event, so we're going to be chopping it up just talking about some current events and some things that are going on in the vw scene um, we're going to kick this thing off by talking about an event we have coming up here in las vegas and i'll go ahead and turn that over to george right now so uh saturday march 2nd we have the third annual las vegas vw club presents the march meet at sunset park uh, it starts at 7 a.m and it's going to go on until 3 p.m and it's basically a, a chance for everybody. It, we don't really call it a car show. That's why we named it a March Meet. It's a chance for everybody to just kind of get together, hang out together in the park. Uh, they can bring barbecues. You can bring your pets. You can bring your kids. You can bring your whole family out there and bring your car. You get in, the whole car gets in for $20. You get to hang out all day uh, and just kind of hang out with your VW enthusiasts. Get to know the people in your town and your scene. Um, we do do a top 10 for those people chasing trophies. And you better come correct because there's only 10 of you guys winning them. And uh, we do a club participation and one best to show. Uh, that's it. So yeah, I, go ahead, Scott. I was gonna say, and, and and our club does not participate in the uh, in the in the best club participation. So yeah, we anything Las Vegas Volkswagen Club we exclude. Meaning we also exclude our cars from it. We don't compete against the other people there. We don't compete in for the best club participation award. Uh, we want to. You know, the Las Vegas Volkswagen Club, we put this together to, to, to try and give back a little something to the, to the local scene, uh, to the scene in general, to the entire VW enthusiast scene, not just in Las Vegas, but everywhere. Um, you know, I think just, just a good, good time is what we're trying to, trying to make. A, a, a chance to come to Las Vegas and have a good time. What was that, Scott? Uh, just to host a good event. I mean, just to That's have there's no politics involved and just kind of come and hang out and enjoy the weekend. 100%. And, you know, enjoy, enjoy the show. Speaking of politics, we're going to take this uh -oh. to what go. we personally <laughs> feel about the presidency. And personally, I believe that uh, 
We should talk about dubs. That's what we should be talking about on this show. We don't talk politics. politics. We talk dubs on this show. So if you want to bring up something political, save it because we don't want to hear it because our politics are dub. That's what they are over here at Let's Talk Dubs. So, George, I want to ask you on the March meet, unfortunately, guys, you won't see my pretty face over there because I'm going to be in Mexico um, uh, riding the Baja on a side-by-side, unfortunately, so I can't uh, conflict with something I have going on. But Scott and George will be there. Make sure you come out and say hi to them. But, George, one of the questions I wanted to ask, if people are coming from out of town, are there any hotels or anything that they can get a deal on for rooms or any of that kind of stuff set aside? Or You know, we kind of had this this show really geared up for a local thing, and it's just now starting to catch on with some out-of-staters. So we don't actually have, like, a host hotel or anything. But, I mean, we're talking Vegas. Thousands of rooms here. Hook it up. Try and get something close. Um, we will work on that for next year. See about getting a host hotel because there is a really nice place right across the street from, from the event. But no, we don't have a host hotel, unfortunately. Um, like I said, something that we'll work on in the future for I, it. I think but I we do have a couple of things, you know, like Friday, if you come into town, Friday night, Las Vegas Volkswagen Club, we've always put on First Friday out there. So there's a little something that you can do. And usually there's always some sort of get together or something on on. After after the events. So to let everybody know what's going on with First Friday that George is referencing, First Friday is the first Friday of every month at Finley Volkswagen. So if you come to town, you're in town early on a Friday night, um, at right around sundown, everybody gathers in the Henderson Auto Mall or the Valley Auto Mall. They get down there, and it's a parking lot full of Volkswagens. The VW uh, dealership clears out their front lot, and they open it up to all classic Volkswagens to come out and just kind of hang out. It's more of kind of a hangout and chill night, so... Feel free to swing by that. I was going to say that, you know, as far as hotel accommodations go, I mean, for those guys and, uh, you know, that are interested in coming to, from, from out of state, uh, I'm easily reached. We do have some connections with some of the local hotels here. And so I'm sure if uh, anybody wants to get a hold of me or shoot me a text, um, you, could, you, could, you could find us or even find us on our Facebook page and reach out if you're interested in staying and need a room. And uh, we'll see if we can't get you uh, discounts to some of the local hotels here on the Strip. And uh, it's something that we have the ability to do, too. So okay, I'll throw so that out there. Uh, and they can get to you guys by going to Las at, Vegas VW yeah. Club at Facebook. So, so we got Las Vegas VW Club on Facebook. And then we have at uh, Las Vegas VW Club on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if you contact us on any of those and you need to get in touch with someone, we'll see if we can accommodate you as best we can. Cool. So... Uh, we got that event coming up, so that's coming up in March. Um, we talked about for a second that there's going to be a top 10, top 10 awards. And so uh, one of the things we discussed in previous podcasts before, we started talking about people's choice, top 10 awards, things to that extent, and, and the different schools of thoughts on that. You know, uh, <clears throat> I referenced in, the, in one of the previous podcasts that the first time I showed my bus, I took it down to the VW Classic, and the name of the game back then was get there first, get a good spot, get a lot of exposure. And when people run through people's choice, they might pick you because you're first in line or whatever the case is. So people's choice has always been kind of an interesting take in respect to like, is your car really the nicest car there? Or did somebody show up that's got a lot more friends? What's your guys' take on people's choice? Well, being someone that did go to Classic with a couple of cars that I've built and debuted, um, I did get a first position uh, in the bus row in a double cab that, that we did over at the wagon. And I did win first place. I doubt it was the, my position. It did help, and I'm not gonna lie about that, because it was an end cap and it was a beautiful bus. And to not have another bus next to it really did help out when you walk around and look at it. But it, 
I don't know anybody in California. I wasn't standing by jockeying for votes, and it felt really good to win that award. It really did. But there's the flip side of a people's choice where you do get the gang of club members that vote for a car that isn't worthy of an award. And that is, that is definitely the downside of people's choice. But besides that, if it truly is people's choice, people walking around, enjoying the cars, taking them in and looking and going, that's my favorite. Like they like that better than anyone, then you did your job. So it, it's a, there's definitely a give and take when it comes to and, that. And I, and I think it's tough. It's definitely judging car shows and i think we've all done our fair share of judging car shows oh, nobody wants to judge a car show i mean horrible there you look everybody's i guess opinion of 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 what a, you know how nice a car is and everybody's effort in that car is going to be conceived differently and i think judging a car you almost have to look at you have to look at somebody who you can you just know that somebody put a lot of time and effort into that car even if it if the craftsmanship that they that they doesn't that they reflect doesn't it. reflect it, and so because you know that person, you know, I they mean, have built they may have built it within yeah, their skill set. Yeah, they might have built that car within their skill set. Maybe they didn't they didn't employ the you know the the the, the best you know the the best painter the best builder yeah. to con, you know to construct the car, and, and a lot of that was then done in themselves. And so, and I also think it's you know if you're going walking around and you're jetting a car show. It's it's easy to spot the ones that are quality cars, right? I mean, Absolutely. you can walk around and you can definitely pinpoint the cars that have you know the the, the fifteen twenty thousand dollar paint jobs on them, and the you know the, the cream the, rises to the top for sure, sure when you walk around a car show. But you can look at a car and go, "That's way different than the one next to it because Absolutely. the level of build on it and everything." But if you are talking about a judged car show, there there will be no extenuating circumstances in a judge judge's eyes. They're going to walk around the car and look at the quality of everything. They're not going to ask, "Well, who did this and how much did you pay for that?" It's going to be what you're putting out there. So if you're taking a car to a judged car show, be prepared to be unhappy. That's but anybody. That, you know? so, so that brings up a point that, that, that I'm thinking about. So there could be, you could have a separate class, you know, like they do under construction or whatever the case mm-hmm. is, but they could do owner-built rides. And the reality is uh, there are some owner-built rides, and you could get a little frustrated that one guy works two jobs and has one hour a day, and one guy doesn't work at all and, and does that but i think you know kind of a renaissance and maybe they maybe they should put a class on like a renaissance class and if you've got documented photographs of you building this thing in your garage and you've done the paint and you've done some of that stuff there could be a different class for that because i've seen some cars that that people built themselves in their garage that are super clean that you can barely tell it's yeah. a home built and there's I agree. A, and there's, there's a different lot. levels of home builds as well Skill sets, and, once yeah, again, you fall into everything, that. Everything, a, a lot of things have to do with planning and execution of the car. It doesn't, I mean, I can think of like Bill Frost's bug back in the day. That was a cover car in Volksworld. That car was in Hot VWs, and that car was painted at Mako. You know what I mean? But he had a super solid straight car, the, sil- the silver bug. I remember that car. The platinum bug. No, Carlos painted Carlos that Carlos painted one. that one. I his, like, hey, hold on, hold on. But his first one, his first one that he did was a super clean vintage restoration yeah. that he had painted at Mako. And but the one that actually made cover and stuff like that was painted by Carlos Barajas. Correct. But yeah. what I'm saying, previously to that, he had another car. Yeah. And it was in it, on par with like the guys driving street cars. It was a super clean car. So yeah, for uh, owner built. The right. reality is if you start with a solid, nice, original, straight car, you clean it, get it dialed in, get a good, decent paint job on there, and the planning and execution on it is, that car can stand out above all other vehicles especially if the stance and the wheels wheels and tires are correct on it because that's that's a huge thing you know uh, a lot of times you'll see cars 
that the stance is just perfect and you just love the look of that car and it might not have the nicest paint job but it might not have the the cleanest motor whatever the case is but the way that car sits there color the combo it, the, the combination stance, of everything tires, that has a lot to do with an overall like someone just build. nailed it when they get it right like it doesn't even need to be the best paint job it doesn't need to be the best interior but if they get the combo of everything right and it looks good as a whole that speaks volumes I scott think. wants to say something go ahead scott. I, i'm just i you know i don't think there's going to ever be a, a topic more you know controversial than you know I, you know when you're talking about judging cars i think if yeah. everybody who you know any i guess anybody who's putting shows on or or you know hosting shows i think they need to recognize that too and keep that in mind because i think what it does it, it hurts the scene if somebody brings a car to a car show and they're over you know their cars overlooked or you know or or, or, or you know maybe not judged accordingly to what, what how they felt they should be judged that person potentially might not want to you know return to that event or maybe they just you know they lose interest in you know in in their you know maybe something they were passionate about or their hobby and, and that's one of the reasons for the podcast one of the reasons for the podcast that we can have dialogue for people that are new into the hobby that are getting into things and that by all means if you guys have questions and you're listening to this hit us up with questions at letstalkdubs.com and hit the comments box and send us some some questions you want to ask because we'll do this roundtable every once in a while and it'll probably be me and my two knucklehead homeboys that we've spent many hours in the garage since we were kids just wrenching on <laughs> stuff and building pieces of crap death traps driving all over the place but we've been around for a while been in the scene for a little bit we've built cars on every level and we've been there where we thought our car was the best and we built something and, and we got no recognition when that was the case or well i was gonna say don't get us wrong like i think you know, Bill makes a good point. We met each other as kids. I think I was, I mean, I, I might have been 15 or I had just turned 16. Just turned 16. And we were walking around, I think it was the Buggin' or the, or the no, Jamboree. It, it, was, <laughs> it was the 1989 Summer Jamboree. Spring Jamboree. Spring Jamboree. Jamboree. Okay, so 1989 Spring Jamboree. <laughs> you know, hadn't, I, hadn't met, I hadn't met Bill before. And uh, I'm walking around and, and, and somehow we had, we had connected walking around that show. Yeah, we, we ended up talking about something, and we just uh, we just kind of were chatting, and then something came up about, well, you know, I'm not from here, I'm from Vegas. Like, you're from Vegas? I'm from Vegas, too. And it was like we met, <laughs> we Scott and I first met in Southern California, walking around at the, at the Jamboree, and then we kind of linked up with some other guys down there. I think that was there. closer to 92, guys. No, no, that was the, that was the 89. I, was, I graduated high school in 92. Well, you weren't allowed, bro. You were on the outside. I'm pretty if sure If Scott and I are going to make up a lie, it's going to be our lie. Sure so maybe it was 92. Maybe it was 92. Maybe Listen, it, was 92. 92, it, was a, it seems like a long time ago. What does it matter? Definitely but, was a long time ago. You know, going back to that, and this is where I want to talk about the shows. I mean, so, again, I don't I don't knock the finished cars and the cars that are that are dialed in. The, the reason why, and I think I think you and I have talked about this before in the past, is one of the, one of the things that I think... Bill and I did at a, at an early on early age or when we were at those shows, you know, you'd see fully built buses up on stands with the wheels off and and bugs the Billy, wheels. Billy Shores, oh, pink pink dual rag wheels top, off, thirteen window <coughs> motors, gold plated. I can remember I can remember a cover of a magazine, Hot VW. It was rags to riches. It was, it was like a teal convertible bug with and it had a bunch of chrome accents on the or, or gold accents in the motor. Or, and uh, I was like, oh man. It's those types of cars that when you go to the shows that are that over the top on the stands for me, and I think even for Bill, that we, you know, I think had a, had a, 
you know, had a lasting a, impact, an impact on us to where we, you know, where we are at today. I mean, with, you yeah, know, they I were, think... pi- they were pivotal cars. And, and the, I think the beauty about that is you see that car and the only difference between that car and yours is the paint job, the interior and all the things that can be done to it. So they all start relatively the same. It's the, <laughs> it's the same. They start as the same baseline. It's the same vehicle. And you look and say, my car has the potential to be that nice. Mm-hmm. What do I got to do? How many tables do I got to bus? How many, you know, how, how many, many shopping carts do I have to push? Right. How many floor? <laughs> how many floors do we how have many floors to? Do I have to uh, grout? Do we have to grout? At sixteen, it was a heck of a lot. Yeah. At seventeen. So there's you know. there's a big there's a big difference in respect to that because it's uh, tonight snowing in Las Vegas. So yeah. <clears throat> you know, Vegas has everything: the lake, the beach, the mountains, whatever. So. Snow, snow, sunshine, <laughs> clear skies, beautiful buses. Uh, whatever you want, we got it down here in Vegas. But so back to what we're talking about, a big thing for me, and it's interesting because the, the dynamics have changed on a lot of levels. The dynamics have changed to where there used to be, when we got in the scene, there was like bright poppy colors, teals and raspberries and all these crazy colors because that, that's what was cool back then. The difference was, and I think what kind of hooked us in, was that was those were cars that were in a high school parking lot. You know what I mean? And today, I feel sorry for the kids today because life is so bland. You know what I mean? Life is like, they don't go out and work on stuff. They don't go out and build cars. They don't go out and do <laughs> these things. It's on the tablet. No, 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 no. no. Listen, few. my son will be yeah. out here in the garage. We're, I'm talking about kids as a whole. Yeah. So when my kid goes to school, the most modded car they're seeing is a Ford Ranger with big knobbies and fiberglass fenders on it. And that's the one kid out of 500 that's going home and wrenching on his car because he's building an a off-road pre-order. car. A <laughs> no, no. But yeah, what I'm saying is like, that's kind of the bummer for the young kids today because for us, it was like most people that get into VWs were from the broke camp. Okay. They came from Brokesville. They weren't the kid that had dad that had all kinds of money that bought him a brand new Nissan, dropped it off at the graphics place, had graphics put on it, had it lowered, did the wheels, did the tires. Cause I would say, and not disrespecting all the mini truck kids, I'm sure there were some mini truck kids and those kids were the ones with the Toyota pickup that had the stepped up bed that didn't match up with the cab or the Ford, uh, the Ford Courier or whatever, but the kids that had the Mazas and all that kind of stuff, they either had really good jobs, they had parents with a few bucks, and the VW camp people were like, you weren't just hopping into VW, even by the 80s, they were they were touched by some dude named Stavros yeah. who couldn't fix your car anyway, and you got in it and it made it five feet, and so you wanted to look cool, it required a level, of, yeah, a level of commitment, like you're <laughs> going to turn effort. a wrench. A lot and, of effort. And usually it started because you didn't have the money to make a payment Correct. on something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so... You know, a lot of kids built their cars on credit when we were growing up. And that's no BS. Like, they would buy a car, and then they'd get rims that they'd finance somewhere. Oh, yeah, and they'd yeah, get you went, this, the yeah. stereo system they'd finance somewhere else. And you're like, yeah, eh, and and, you know? and But what instigated that, what started that going was... Kids driving those cars to high school, hanging out in the parking lot, looking at cool cars. Sometimes the, the school parking lot was a little bit like a car show when you see some Absolutely. cool cars. Kids were really into stereo systems and all that stuff. And now kids are into earbuds. and You know what I mean? Like It's, it's a different dynamic nowadays. And the sad part is like it's so funny because my son, you know, when, when I put my son in, in the Tahoe and he's driving my 99 Tahoe. And some of his like, what's this big old bucket? And my son's like, sit down and buckle up. And he just starts dropping some bass on him. And he's like... Oh, this is so cool! But it's you see that experience happening with kids again. Like <laughs> they get, they hear that sound. They're like, "Oh, I like, I like to have some bumps in the car. We need to put subs in this, Dad." All of a sudden, my son experienced that. Every car we have is like, "We got to put subs in that, Dad." But it's like, 
how many kids are missing out on that, on that visceral experience of like your favorite song turned up to 11 and feeling the music in your car and then driving down the road and feeling that. And that's, that's kind of the sad part of today's generation. And there's a handful of kids that are in it, but it's like, it's different. And that's why the scene is changing because. Well, it also brings out a good point too. It's like how many, you know, as we get, as we witness the scene and the VW scene, you have to start looking at how many how many enthusiasts are truly driving their VWs around yeah. on a, almost a, not, I'm going to say a daily basis because I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the, a lot of enthusiasts have the means to own, you know, a, a car that they can hop in. That's, you know, Heat, that's AC, AC maybe like safer for family. <laughs> However, I do think as an enthusiast, I mean, I, I don't know about, I mean, I know you love your bus. I mean, yeah. you like to drive your, you know, you've got a, you know, early bus and, you know, big motor in it and it's fun to drive, you know, and, and I enjoy the drive that you state. Enjoy, I like open highway in my bus. And, and I just uh, do. You know, I came over here tonight in the snow. Well, I knew it was in a snow tonight, and so I drove, you know, my wife's bus over here today, and she's a '58 Combi, and and uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool to get caught in a snowstorm in her bus. So maybe I can take wow. some some video of that later. Ain't getting but, caught uh, in a Volkswagen. In what, a what I'm saying is, the the coolest thing for for what I think about using your VW as a as a driver and you know driving them to work is that's what inspires people. I mean, the the cars are. Don't get me wrong. I, everyone likes to look at a finished show car. I've, you know, I've got a couple of them sitting in the garage and and, and they're they kind of get ti- you kind of get tired of them. They just sit there under covers and you know you you don't get to use them as often as you'd like and uh, you don't want you don't you want to damage them or have yeah. somebody run a shopping cart into it. However, we actually didn't take your bus to Octo this weekend because yes. it's getting shot for a magazine and we didn't uh, want something to happen to it before. <laughs> so you know, but at, at the same time, I think it's important at least for guys like us and. And, and other enthusiasts, I think, that are out there that that have the means to be able to drive a BW is to is to utilize them more to, because that's what inspires people to 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 enter that to enter the the hobby or enter the scene. And I think kids, if they are if they are motivated and they see something that they want, they're going to get it. Just like when we saw it when we were young and we wanted it, we got it. You know, that may not be as easily attained as when we were young, but. If the kid's inspired enough, they'll find a way. Yeah. And it may be with a 78 bug instead of a sure, 60 sure. whatever bug, you know, but they'll find a way to get into the VW or scene. Go, you know, you don't want to get on German look. Yeah, see exactly. Then you go down a whole other hole. That'll wreck your world right there. Yeah, that is an expensive be... world right there. <laughs> the but, VW world is actually just kind of, it's kind of weird how it has kind of become an expensive world, you know, yeah. to get the product itself. Well, you know, the and, main car to start with is so such an investment now. Okay, and so what's changed that is the demographic of the enthusiasts. So as the enthusiasts encroach upon 40s, that statistically is your highest income, your, your, Highest income spending years, you know, demographically. So you'll spend the most money. So typically when people are making at their highest point of earning, the people that fairly wealthy attain some wealth will spend in their 40s. And then the really wealthy will spend in their mid-50s. But the reality is if you look at if you look at what's happening in that right now, that's the age group that those were cool in high school, and that's why the price is pushed. And that's the same reason why a Model T now you can buy for 10000 bucks because yeah. all the guys collecting those are – they're all dying off or getting rid of their collection. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there, there's a demographic aspect to it, but in the same respect, because that we see... So that means I'm going to be able to afford a split window <clears throat> in about 40 more years. Yeah, right. As soon as everybody starts dying. dying. <laughs> you, well, it's, but, okay, so let's talk about that. Split windows are, are still very affordable. Very, very, crazy. very affordable. You guys remember growing up, if someone had an oval window, it was like, whoa, rare. oh rare. my God, someone's got an oval window. And now you go to shows and like split, 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 split. And you're like, I kind of felt the same way this weekend. Out? We went to, you know, this weekend we were down at Octo, mm-hmm. and I felt the same way about double caps. You know, I found, you know, Billy yeah. and I found my double cap for 600 bucks, and, you know, we're going to make it a parts car. 
and you know, I put that thing on the road and you know, here it is now getting ready to get shot. And I, I walked through the octo, I'm like, man, there's double cabs all over there like Priuses. So you know, and it's I don't want to say the start of the double cab trend, but uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But you know, part of the part of the thing with it is you know, you were talking about how they're not affordable anymore, George. Mm-hmm. I believe they're still oh, affordable. Absolutely. There's still you deals to be had. You you've find got, you've got to hustle. Yeah. You've got to look. There's plenty of backwoods towns that, that there's VWs hiding. And I'm going to give you guys a little tip out there. This is coming from a Bill T. VW Hunter. Uh, your tip is once you find one Volkswagen, there's going to be another one owned by the same person. Because hillbillies and backwoods people... They would buy another one just to scavenge parts to fix the other one because these were these foreign critters that nobody knew anything about. But they're they're still out there. I mean, they're not as, you know, they're they're not as plentiful. No. But circling back to what you were saying, George, <clears throat> when we found my ragtop, like we were like a ragtop. Yeah. This is Holy unbelievable. Crap, How top. rare oh is this? Yeah. And and so. What point that proves is that there's millions of them out there. Oh, yeah. People just got to start Look looking at the sales numbers. I yeah. mean, they sold literally sure. millions every yeah. year. So you're so. talking about you're talking about cars that in the 80s people were building 70s early 70s late 60s and then as as people got more into the hobbies people thought, "Well, I want to make mine cooler than yours. I'm going to get a 67." Well, I'll get a 66, it's older. And then everybody starts chasing them all the way back. And that's why today, the great thing about the hobbies, there's so many cars being salvaged and preserved, modified, customized, whatever, being put on the road. And whether they're custom or stock or whatever the case, as long as they're on the road, that's the great part. But there's there's probably so many more on the road. <clears throat> It'd be a tough call if there's more on the road today than there was in 1995. But I think there's way more older ones on the road. I mean, a 13-window deluxe bus was like, Hen's teeth out here. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. They, those were like hen's teeth out here in Vegas because we just didn't see them. Well, now as you start peeling back the layers, I mean, you're talking about John's 23 window that he found in Pahrump that I went up there oh, to buy it. Everybody knew it, about that car for yeah, the 20 56. years. Knew about that <laughs> yeah. car. Just, I, he was the one willing to go up and pay for it. Correct, he was the one willing correct. to walk up and pay for it. That, that was I, it. I went to buy it. They said 10 grand. I said, bro, you're crazy. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, which is 2020, yeah. If I'd have bought that thing for ten grand and just parked it, you know, it triples its value. In the yeah. same in the same respect, that's that's one of those things where if you're willing to pay the price and buy the car, if you want the car, then buy. But the But that's car. definitely not an affordable project. Once again, that's not. No young kid's going to go up there with ten to fifteen thousand dollars to pick up the carcass of a Volkswagen. It's not even a complete car. But you know. But I don't think you're going to get a lot of the young kids doing any of that stuff because no. that's not their, But they're going to be into MO. something else. Now it's right. going to be Mustangs, uh, Civics, things like that that are that are that fill their high school parking lots right now. It's what's going to inspire them what they like to sure. see. You know. I mean, it, it, you know, like what Bill was saying, you go to the high schools, you know, my son's 17 and you know, he's he became a, you know, a water pumper fan and he's, you know, has a Mark II with the with the VR6 swap in it and He's got a you know a '56 oval ragtop in the garage that that Billy scored when he when he uh, purchased that that wrecking yard or all the VWs out of it, and uh, you know we started that project about two years ago and started doing the pan replacements and working on it together and and it shelved because of the water pumpers that he's that he's involved hey, with. He's so, inspired by something new now. He's he loved the air cooled and now he found the raw power of uh, yeah. water pumpers. Well, because he's a little I've too experienced much. Experienced it myself. He's probably a little too much like his uncle Billy. If the car runs, he just wants to drive it. 
If it starts, <laughs> he's in it and going down Maybe the road. Maybe I should let him drive the turbo car, the uh, 67 convertible. Mm-hmm. Let him feel the raw power of a of And he's like, oh, my GTI is faster. Yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but my, yeah, but Dad, my GTI's got air conditioning. Yeah. And the door doesn't rattle when you stomp the throttle. And it doesn't get all sideways and lose control. I think yeah. kids are just... <clears throat> The kids before us weren't into Volkswagens. You no. know what I mean? No. So it's just, it goes and, in waves. Yeah, it's going to be the next wave of whatever car is coming up at that point in time. And so. That's plentiful and affordable, and that's what they're going to get, and that's what they'll mod up. And I can show. Yeah. So with, with that being said, we'll move on to our next topic. So our next topic we're going to talk about, we'll be talking about the evolution of the scene. So the scene's gone two different directions from when we got into it. When we got into it, it was like cool custom. Uh, build a car, paint it a, a floral color, get on the road, color match everything, kind of follow that whole 911 theme. And now you see the scene's gone two different directions. Now I got two hot VW's magazines in front of me right now. And on one is a highly detailed uh, oval window bug over here on this. Um, DBK built or DB, compound built. Yeah, compound built car. And then I've got on another cover of hot VW's is an unrestored a uh, 21 window bus, 23 window bus that's all patinaed out. So we see that the scene has gone two completely different directions. <clears throat> Both are unique in and of themselves. Both have their own credibility and, you know, kind of value in the scene. And they both play to two different people. I know you were talking about earlier, you know, sometimes it sucks to have a car that sits under a car cover and never gets driven, I wouldn't know what that's like because I drive the crap out of my stuff. But, <laughs> and all my all my cars have battle scars. But, uh, no, but the reality is I probably had the most fun driving around all the time, besides all the fun I've had in the Bull Run bus because the Bull Run bus runs like, that's, that's the go-to car. Hands down. Other than that, my most fun car to cruise around in was my 66 when I had the turbo in it. When I had the turbo in that 66, Street car, stock height, the rear, BRMs on it, narrowed front beam, and 1914 with the draw-through turbo set up on it. And that car, stock paint, uh, you could have called it patina. It was patina before patina was cool, sure. but it was original paint. All I did, I bought, I bought that car for 1000 bucks on the east side of town, and I put a TMI interior kit in it. I took a motor and trans out of another car and narrowed beam, wheels and tires on it, and then that thing was a runner, dude. I mean, I, I actually loaned it to Scott one day, and he drove the living crap out of it, trying to break it the whole day he drove it. I was just testing the gear. Yeah, the hard to believe yeah. that Scott would do that to your car, but that's the kind of friend Scott is. I mean, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna test it out for you. But that car, I had so much fun driving that thing around, and it wasn't my perfect. fifty-five Volvo and walked it naturally aspirated. Walked what? Yours. My nineteen fourteen. Whatever that was that I raced through the turbo. Uh, uh, my 1914 wasn't. I had 140. It was uh, turbo. It was I, I'm, re- I'm reflecting on when Billy just said I tried to break his car. He and did, and bro. right when the turbo car got finished, he's like, let me drive the vert. Let me drive the vert. And so I'm like, okay, I'll go for a drive in it. And I hadn't even really got on it yet. He comes on the corner at first Friday at Finley's, pitches the car sideways. No, the the tack's like bouncing off, freaking the rev, you know, <laughs> the, the shift lights flashing. Sounds like Bill. And he's like, that's what you built it for, isn't it? I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to freaking total my car tonight. With no. Billy driving it. Listen. So we were talking about the two camps of finished and patinaed. Um, so we're, we kind of got off subject there. But let's go back to that because there is greatness in both. If, in my personal opinion, if a patinaed car works well, 
A crap box is a crap box. I don't right. care how low you make it. If it doesn't drive well, stop well, look look good. good, all that stuff, it's a piece of crap that's just you're going for the lowest car out there contest. And that's that to me is silly. A patina car that functions and works well and you know can can have natural patina. Yeah, has a natural patina, not yeah, some yeah. faked funk that, that yeah, like yeah. the eighty five percent of the people are doing right now, you know. I don't even consider my bus a patina car because it's sanded. Mine's just a crap box that has good underpinnings underneath it. I don't consider it patina. I consider it an under construction that hasn't... No, no one's put the curtains up yet to say, sure. hey, this is under construction yet. <laughs> but no, they're, they're... the effort it takes to build a show car, a full-on finished car, and the effort it takes to build a patina car can almost be equal. Sure. There's just a different level of detail taken to each step. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... When you see certain cars that are patinaed and they and they you know for instance uh, loose nuts VW that Jeremy Brooks dude it was the first patinaed car on the cover of Hot VWs when they when that issue came out the Grey Goose I think he built is what it's called the car looks like it was pretty solid like he did a nice motor upgrade he did good suspension work on it and it had the look the one from Seattle I'm not sure where Jeremy Brooks I think was he's, it I think his daughter was sitting yes, on the fender yes, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah 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 that no that listen. He did There's, a good job of the entire package, in my opinion, on that. He did it. He did faded in areas because it wasn't all original and stuff like that. But he even found an old crusty jungle green fender to put on the sure, thing, you sure. know, like to make it look proper. And in my opinion, something like that was patina done right. The majority of patina cars when I walk around a show are not done right. Well, They're basically bailing wire and, and held together. Yeah, and, so the and car, the, the car has to have a, a theme and a thread that goes through the car that ties it all together. That shows that there was some effort, not just like Correct. someone found like, oh man, that's so crusty. I'm just gonna slam it, and I'll have a dangerous slammed piece of crap. Yeah. Like and, there, there's a there's a discernible difference because I used to drive a piece of crap. I can tell you from oh, that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Horrible. And uh, but. There's two there's two schools of thoughts. So my only beef with the patina scene, my only beef with the patina scene, is that I don't see kids on the side of the road get inspired by a patina car. Now if a car's I'll got disagree a, with you on that. Now if a car's got a cool look to it. Now there there's a few kids, few grungy kids that might be into it. But I don't. But what I'm saying is <laughs> cool I is cool. It's undeniable. Well, cool it, is cool. It is. But okay, I don't. You show me 50 patina cars, two will be cool. Agreed. Uh, They're not all winners. You know what I mean? They're not yeah, all winners. Yeah, because here's the problem. It's too easy of a game. It's like oh yeah, it's, oh. I'm slamming it. I'm putting some wheels on it. The wheel fitment's not right. The stance isn't right. The, the you well, know, that's why it's not that easy of a game. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, correct. So the, the person doing is, it thinks it's well, easy. What I think Bill was saying that it's an easy game, meaning like you could take shortcuts all over the place. Correct. And you don't need to get everything dialed in. And everybody goes, oh look how low he is. Oh my right, God, his right. fenders, his tires poking through the fender because it's rusted. Isn't that so cool? Like it so, just gets a, and, a silly point on and some of them. There is, there. I, I think it's. I, I think maybe what bugs me the most about the patina is like, I somehow like the patina thing is like the Ed Hardy thing to me to an extent. It's like, and what I mean by that is that the there are people that have cool legit original rides that they just want to preserve, Agreed. leave it like it is, and cruise it. And there's a cool factor to that. And that I give all the respect to. There are people that do, that hook something up, don't want to mess with it from the 70s, get it running, give it a little bit of flair and style today. That's not the guys I'm talking about. 
Um, because those cars are cool. Those cars have history themselves. They stand on it themselves. <clears throat> They're almost a preservation. Yeah, my my thing is a lot of the a lot of the and I say with air quotes patina guys are guys just like oh yeah look at that look at the sun bleaching on that car it's yeah. perfect it's, it's this it's like it's, so it's like all right Ed Hardy take it easy bro I mean like let's 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 set. I don't know. I, I, I guess that's my biggest beef. My biggest beef is I'm thinking about I was standing in the corner, inspired. Uh, I remember the first car that, that that I saw when we were growing up as kids. There was that guy on the corner had that jacked up 57 Chevy. It was candy apple red over there on Flamingo. And I'd look at that car and I'd be like, that's so cool because it looks like my Hot Wheels, but I thought it was cool. Really, and today if I saw that car, it's like going back and watching the A-Team. It's never the same. You're like, you, you, go, you go back and watch an episode of the A-Team, you're like, I watched this crap and believed it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were eight when you watched it. It was the most awesome thing ever. The acting was the worst acting in the world and all that stuff. But it's like, you go back to see those things and they're not the same when you're older, but no. the impression they had on you when you were younger and with what you knew and the inspiration is what I'm saying. Like something shiny, cool, matched your Hot Wheels. And and I could be wrong because they do have rat-looking Hot Wheels and stuff like yeah. that. And well, the is... rat look is not just in the BW world. Correct. It's across the board. And, I, and it is because people realize sometimes what it takes to restore a car. And you better have very deep pockets to do that. Or I can rattle can a couple spots on this, heat some springs up, and lay out this Chrysler, and it looks sick. Okay. Like it has an, it has an effect that has a look I, to it. But I yeah. do have to disagree with you on, on, on it takes tons and tons of money to restore a car. Because if you buy a it takes car... money or effort. Hold on. No, no, no. But I'm saying if you buy a car right, and that's mm-hmm. what I want people in podcast land to listen, if you're thinking about getting a VW, if you spend the thousands up front, Correct. and I'm talking not huge thousands, you're saving 10 times the money in the front end than the back end. If you buy a car that's solid, straight, and, and you're going to blow it apart yourself in your garage and start getting that thing going, take it out to powder coat. You might have a thousand bucks in powder coating. You're going to take that, put that elbow grease in it and, and sand and polish and do the detail and stuff. So I don't want to scare too many people away because if you want a magazine car, regardless of what level it is, it's going to cost. If you want a nice driver, I've seen nice drivers turned out every day. And I'm not saying that's what you were saying. I just want to clarify, like, because I'm thinking, all I think in my head is like that kid sitting somewhere in the Midwest somewhere who knows where there's a cool bug and he sits and looks at the magazines at the 7-Eleven and he wants to build something like that. And you can do it. So let's transition into this conversation. So we're going to do that. You're starting over. You're talking back to the old self, you're the old you. I'm saying to the old me, buy something that's a great starter project. It's worth, and it's tough because in your $500 brain, you're thinking 500 is all you got. Meanwhile, you're going to get that car and you're going to spend $3,500 on little parts and pieces and things like that. So if you're thinking about getting into a project, my advice is spend the money up front on a solid, straight project that needs minimal work. Because they're out there. They just might not be exactly what you want. But I'd rather buy a super clean 68 than a roached out 65. If I had a super clean 68 and I was building a cow look bug, it still falls in the cow look category. I'd have a lot less time, effort, and energy to it because if it was mostly clean and straight, then it's a blow apart detail put back together. And you can do powder coating, things like that. And you can blow it apart, take it to Mako or whatever to get it painted if it doesn't need tons of body work. If the thing needs tons of body work, that's where you're really going to save the money. And when we talk about restoration versus customization, I think restoration is it can be a whole lot cheaper than customization. I made the mistake. So the, the project that I'm finishing up right now, I made a mistake because it was a restoration of going, oh, well, you know, it'll probably only take X amount. Well, let me tell you something. You still touch 
every piece on the car. You may not clear coat it to a high gloss, but you still have to blast it and paint it and get it to a oh, no, satin black that the, that the undercarriage was. So I shot myself in the foot on that one. Sure. I, I, I screwed the pooch on that because I thought, oh, stock restoration. Oh, we're not doing a big motor. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. The motor still cost me a ton to rebuild. The transmission was still super expensive. I mean, everything's and, still and, and added I'm not, up. You know? And I'm not talking about through a shop. I'm just yeah, talking yeah. about a guy at home. But So let's talk about do's and don'ts of picking a car, planning a car and restoration. So I think the number one thing that we talk about is buy, buy the right car, pass on the turd, if it needs too much, because I'm telling you right now, you're talking to a guy whose first car I drove around had a big shark bite in the quarter panel. I could never get it fixed, and it was like, <laughs> it was, it the was, first car he drove was beautiful when he got it. He did all the damage to it, by listen, the way. He bought an immaculate no, listen, original in a car and ruined it. It doesn't matter. I got t bone. I got t bone by a gallon in alley. But anyway, if you get the right car that's to start true. off, that's with, number one. That is number one. Fine. Because I tell this to people all the time. Uh, you know, this for instance, I got a phone call today. This gentleman wants to restore a '78 convertible. He's like, well, you know, I really want an early one, but, I, you know, I got like $30,000 I want to throw at the 78 convertible. I said, why don't you just buy the car that you're going to get? Like, if this isn't what you want, why would you put the money into it? <laughs> buy the car you With want. With that budget, he could probably buy an early and I, convertible. And I told him, I said, <laughs> go buy the car. If that's what you want and is your budget, go buy the car because building it will cost you twice what you're going to spend on buying one. And I think that's a very realistic that's reality a, for people. That's a great point. The, if you've got a budget and you've got money set aside for, I got twenty five thousand for restoration. Yeah. You're going to get double your money in a finished car. Yes, there's no, there is no person unless you've got some specialty, rare, unique vehicle and you did a bunch of work yourself. Or a sentimental value. I think a lot of people Correct. restore cars. Like I've done two sentimental absolutely. cars. Absolutely, people have a lot of cars. Let me tell you what, the money because sentiment, sentiment is very expensive. <laughs> uh, it is. It but costs. It does. It does. <clears throat> when I first went and looked at the car. It was so roached out. I said, find another car. He said, we can't find another car. It has to be this car. This is my father's car. And those are, and those are exceptions. That sets the parameters of Correct. what we're going to do at that point. Sure. This car is the one that needs to be finished. And those know? are exceptions. So point number two we talked about is if you've got money set aside for a budget and you just want to build something, spend the most money buying the best example the best of what you car. can get. The one that doesn't have the impact damage. The one that doesn't have the, the rotted out damage. heater channels. You know, there are certain areas of rot in a car that are easy. Pans, all day long. They're really not that difficult to change. But you start getting into the heater channels, the A pillars, the B pillars, when those are rotted out, that's oh, yeah. major structural Where, work to get into. I, I was just talking to, to Cookers yeah. in the interview we do with him, and I said, I'm not even in the business. That guy's I, a metal ninja, I, by and the way. And I said, I said, if you got rockers, that's twenty five hundred dollars in labor. Mm -hmm. Twenty five hundred bucks, conservatively, yes. could go over depending on how bad the rod is because it's one of those things where you don't know how deep it goes. So and it can go deep. To not belate the point, we're going to say spend the most. So number one, get the best core. Number one, rust free. Buy the best not example smashed. you can. As many original parts on it as possible. You don't want to buy someone's strip shell. You want to see it together if you can. So maybe we re maybe we re reorganize that. Number one. <laughs> If you've got a budget set aside for a car to build or restore a car, you will get at least double your money value buying a completed car. Period. I'll agree with that. Number two, if you're bound and determined to build a car because you've got that primal urge, you want to build something with your hands and Some drive it. Some people want it to be theirs. Yeah, absolutely. They want it to be their car. No no, I don't want that guy's car. I want my car. So yeah. number two, so number two, the number two thing we're going to say is buy 
the best example, spend the most money you can on the beginning of the project and not just you, I bought this one because it was 10,000, like really inspect the car, make sure all the core things, key component, metalwork is expensive. It is the most expensive thing that you never see. Yeah. Because when you buy that car, it looks exactly the same after you put $15,000 in it, except you can't kick your, you can't kick through the heater core, the heater channel. You it's, know what I mean? It's pretty funny. People's, uh, the way people perceive something, you'll do all this crazy metalwork to a car and they keep coming back on. It looks the same. It looks the same. It looks the same. And then you'll do that one day of spraying something in a booth and it's like, oh my God, you know, their head explodes because like there's this big drastic change of color on their vehicle. Meanwhile, that was the easy part. It was, it was all the work that it took to get to the spraying part that was the backbreaking work. And they don't, there, there's not as much appreciation for on the customer's end of it when they see it. Well, and so, that's why we're giving these tips because yeah. if you're a prospective so customer. Part, we got buy the best one. Part two was what? Well, number one, we're reorganizing our list. Okay. So, Number one is going to be if you've got budget or money set to the side, potentially buy a car, buy finished a, car. Buy a finished two car. Two is buy the best core you can. Yeah. Okay. I'll so two is buy the best core that you can. So we'll say three. I'm going to say three would be know your skill sets and where you need to contract work out and what can you do yourself. Correct. Anybody can get a grinder and strip paint. Anybody can get a wire wheel and have at it and get something to bare metal. Uh, you know, there's certain things that you can do that when you drop it off at a shop, you're going to be charged by the hour to do all those things. So if you can put the time and effort, if you got more time than money, then you put the time into that. So yeah, so put your time into the grunt work. Figure out the- what you're going to hire out to set your budget, to set your parameters. Figure out what you need a professional to do and what you can do yourself. Okay. So I think number four, the number four most important thing. So So you'll do whatever work that you can. And I think maybe we'll reorganize this. We'll put we'll put that at number five. We'll bring this back to number three. We're gonna get three. a piece of paper involved yeah. here. We're gonna bring that back. There's a pen right there. We're gonna bring that back to number three. Straight ahead, George. I see if that one's horrible. Done right. There's a black one here. Sorry, keep going. So, number three, I'm going to say, is have a plan. That's your most important thing is to have a plan and stick to it. So. As you're making this effort to get into VWs and do what you want to do, you have a plan. Build a Pinterest board. Do something where you're collecting your thoughts and ideas of what you want. When you go see someone like George and you go down to George's shop at the wagon, you say, hey, man, look, I built this board of kind of things I'm inspired for. You'll start off with having that direction of what, which way you want to go with your car, whether you want to do a cow look or you want to do, you know, uh, something uh, you know, something that's over the top restoration or a vintage, you know, all original, or you want to buy the year you were born, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you have a plan. So this way, when you go see someone like George, you go consult a shop, they're going to be able to give you an accurate idea of what you're going to spend. And also think about all the details, you know, am I going to do disc brakes? Am I going to do stock motor, big motor? 90% of the people all think they're going to do a stock motor. Then they go for riding something that's fast. And then here's a very popular misconception. A stock motor is almost as expensive to build as a big motor. And people go, oh, no, that's crazy. You can get this crank, blah, blah, blah. You're still buying all the parts and pieces, and they're not too far apart. Yeah. Especially now, you can get a set of rods that are performance rods for darn near what you're, what you're paying for a set of remand rods, you know? Yeah. And you'd rather get the better, nicer rods, you know? So, so I, I tell people all the time, like, eh, let's probably put some bigger stuff in there if it's going to be the same cost. You so know? we're back to having a plan. Yeah. Because if a guy came to your shop and said, I want to build a cow look, and he's like, 
Uh, so if a guy said, I want to build a cow look, you instantly think, what year is he going to build? He wants 67 bug. That's what you think. You think. A lot of cow look bugs, 68, 69, which if you're going to spend the money, you can buy a 68, 69, way cleaner car, way cleaner original condition and get it for cheaper than a 67. But you're going to have the padded dash. You're going to have the squared off bumpers. You're going to have the stubby nose and the stubby deck lid. There's, yeah, there are but, certain things no, that you're going right. to lose you're going to have once those you things, get away from it. But, but some of the debate is those aren't Cowlick cars. Those were the majority of the Cowlick oh, yeah. cars. because every, bumpers, bumpers to match color everybody all that stuff, thought, or T-bars, actually. T-bars, because yeah. everybody thought, I'm getting a 68. It's better than a 67. Yeah. It's, it, you know what I mean? It, they got more the power, oh, more this. IRS, more, oh, but, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, we've been, I, another thing, too, what happens when you've been in a scene for a oh, long Scott time. Oh, Scott here? Yeah. I was Yeah, anyway. Um the uh, we see because we've been doing this, it seems like for so long. Like many guys that we you know we know in the scene, they've been doing it for so long. If somebody's trying to get into the scene, or, or you're, you know, you're thinking about you know building a, a cool car, mm-hmm. that's it's that's our perception and what we think is is the yeah. coolest. Right? We're I mean, biased, we're, we're gonna be like, oh, don't get yeah, that, we're get biased. this. You I know, mean, like, we're you know, my, you know, I we picked my I picked my son up a, a '68 Gia, you know, like and and he, you know, walked out in the garage and started rubbing the hood and touching it, like like he was like in heaven, you know. And, and the one Jim, difference in that though was the fact, like a '68 and '69 in but, Gia well, and Type well, Three world still look early. But, but my, still my, steel my point is, yes, is he's 14 years old, and yes. I'm trying to inspire him to you know to you know get the car bug at an early age. And it doesn't matter to him. He wouldn't. No. Know, he wouldn't know the difference between a sixty-one nope. gear or sixty-seven gear or sixty-eight gear. So again, for me, cool is cool. I found a sixty-eight <laughs> gear on a budget, you know, and 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 was able to, you know, you know, pick that thing up and put it in the garage. So he has something to start tinkering on and, and have a project car. Yeah. So, you know, I think to Bill's point, a sixty-eight and sixty-nine bug is easy to be easier to be had yeah. at a very affordable, you know. And if you're getting a standard Beetle. You can still make them look I'm just sure as cool you, all absolutely. the way up. You know, you start getting into big cereal bowl taillights, that's easy if you just get rid of the back fenders, but mm-hmm. you can still well, get... And you're back to... Where, oh, I, I would... Okay, this is Bill T. talking person. If you're going to build a cow look bug, don't go past a 1969, I'm saying. Um, the 68, 69s are kind of the... That's depending on where you're going to be budget-wise. Obviously, the earlier ones people think are cooler, but if you're talking cow look and you go back to the magazines of the late, the early 80s, late 70s, you're going to see 68s and 69s and they're M&M green and on four oh, yeah. lug, uh, eight spokes and stuff like that. And that is still a cow look car. But the reality is if you find, you know, you don't want to get to where you go like, hey, the guys on the podcast said that get the nicest, newest year that I can. Yeah, if you roll up with a 74, it's going to be... They haven't turned the corner yet like Bay Window buses have. Better right? hop on that German Look website. <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to lie to you. If you go on a German Look, I'm, get me in a Super yeah, Beetle. Give me a and Super I Beetle am, now. No, give me a stripped out Super Beetle with some 19s on it and some Boxster brakes. You know, I often wonder what's worse, uh, you know, how we had this patina and show car debate. What about the mediocre ones that fall in the middle? The guy with the stinger, the guy with the roof rack and every accessory on his car that's just kind of goofy. You know, the kind of again, no, that. goofy. That's again, that's gonna be one. It's his passion. He loves it, well, it's and it's, exactly. I'm, I mean, okay, that's probably a little unfair because it is my bias. Like it, I don't. Well, care it's style, and that's but. the thing. It, I'm not gonna lie. There ain't a dude on this podcast sitting here talking right now that did not ever have a stinger in his car. I'm like, look, it's ugly, oh. but it sounds good. Like a stinger sounds good. And mm. so, listen, a stinger, Debatable. a stinger typically, a, <laughs> sting, a stinger camp, stingers did sound good. Are you with me, Scott, on the stinger camp? Dude? Oh, I ran a stinger Bro, for you many, many years. Bro, you were the most annoying stinger guy oh. in the world. Now, um, but back to what you were saying, 
that starts to get, in my opinion, that starts to get to the point of like being a little bit of an elitist in the car. Now you might, now you might, now you might see that guy. I'll I'll eat it. You might call, you might see that guy and be like, hey, bro, check this out and try to slightly inspire him a little bit or say, hey, man. You know, you can take the rack off, but listen, we've seen people roll up where it looks like a Filipino taxi cab and there's yeah. everything bolting on the thing. They got what the Rocky Mountain Motorworks catalog and bought every piece of that yeah, chrome out of there. The four, I, I got, got the four, I got the iron cross wheels. Yeah. But I mean, the beautiful thing about the hobby and the thing that I have to give respect to everybody, no matter what they drive, because if I see that they got the passion for it and they're Agreed. into it, sometimes I got to go, uh, I probably wouldn't have put blue LEDs all over the inside, but hey, bro, hey, they love it, it looks cool. And I should and, shut my mouth and I apologize for no, that because, no, no, you know, no, it's, it's it, that person's own love and they and they put their time and effort into it because they, they love it. Well, so listen, I, no, yeah. what you have to do is when you see it, you're going to think, and then you got to, okay, <laughs> I got to talk myself down. This dude's in the scene and he's supporting the scene. And because listen, all of us are going to think one thing and say another, and really it's kind of how it, how it comes out. And not that I'm uh, trying to backtrack anything that I said on the patina cars, the right done patina cars, uh, an original unrestored example of a car that's been modded, looks good, I love. Somebody that's faking the funk and just trying to, and, and just has a death trap is, is a different thing. But the reality is, what I love about the scene is it's the diversification of the scene is so crazy. I mean, you have so many different people, so many different walks of life. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then there's there's not a person that's not around a Volkswagen when you're getting gas. It doesn't run up, and it whether it doesn't matter whether it's the executive to the the homeless guy. He's like, hey man, I had a bug. You know, both of them say the same thing. Homeless you know? guys love my bus because they're like, oh my god, it looks affordable. Like, yeah, I could have. <laughs> I could live there. Yeah, I, live I, I think I could buy that. <laughs> But uh, I think the guy we bought that bus from was homeless. I'm pretty sure. Well, he was. you know what? We were talking about like you know the comments or whatever like that are being biased. Means there there are those you know you walk around the VW you know you walk around the VW events and things like that and there mm-hmm. are those there are those VW snobs that are out there. Oh yeah, there is that there, you there, walk around. You know, and I tell you what, being a victim of the VW snobbery when I first broke out my squareback, that uh, my '73 hot dog wiener brown. On white Rivieras, it was hideous, and I That's knew, and I knew it was hideous. But having a bunch of VW snobs at the time point and laugh at my car, yeah, oh, that inspired me to build the freaking sickest squareback this town saw. And I, I'd say mission accomplished in yeah. the '90s when I did do that. Sure, and I shut all them fools up who laughed at my car. No. So that was a good inspiring. Elitist moment. For, yeah, but, for it, but, it, but, it, but it depends. It, it depends because you that, can take it two ways. Yeah, you that, can take yeah, it the that, wrong that, way or the right that way. That can send some <laughs> people. Some people don't have the grit and determination that you were blessed with that your dad gave you to, to be able to push through some diversity like that. And the, the saddest part that I see when I finished my Type 34 Gia, say what you want. It's the baddest Type 34 Gia ever built. I'm gonna stand behind those words, and you know who you are, and I'm talking to you. But uh, you know. I even went to like uh, I kind of roasted the guys on on the Samba forums, where they were like, "Oh, that dude's crazy. He'll never get that for the Gia, whatever." And I said, "Hey, listen, uh, I know you guys think like restoration is the only way to go, but you guys need to realize that these cars are a blank slate for everybody, and hard work and a clean car should be appreciated regardless at any level." Okay. I said, I, "I can't. I'm not going to lie to you. I just I I beat I, I walked to my own drum. You know what I mean?" 
and I build my cars the way I want them, period. Like the way, now whether I'm paying Buddy Hale to build it or I'm building it in the garage or whatever the case Your is, visions, I it's get it. my yeah. vision and I won't let go. You know, because you fought with me on interior and stuff like that with Still the carbon cap. Doesn't matter. Car. My car, I like it. One crash rated door I got, panels. I <laughs> Three listen, in a foam. Say what you will. Foam. But listen, bottom line is sometimes, you know, like I showed up at the Type 3 meet over at ISP West. And I had never seen a Type 3 hey, before. Type 3 cats are different cats. They're, those yeah, dudes they, are that's, a, that's a different group of individuals. And, it, and it I'm a Type almost, 3 guy. I've had was, two killer squarebacks in was, my life. And it was like, almost like they were here. like really <laughs> like, oh, look at that Type 3. Yeah, it's nice. I'm I not can't believe you lowered it. Yeah, I, I can't, can't believe you lowered it. To it. Oh, well, I can't we put those that to it. cosmic wheels on it. What, but, you know, I, I gotta, I'm not going to lie. I was expecting... Like oh, when you when you sick. roll You're out so a dope. devastating oh God, bug, it's a yeah. crowd. Yeah. You show up in a Type 34 Gia, and it was like, oh, what is, is that a BMW? No, but I mean, you know, people, the Type 3 crowd's a little different. And really, I kind of roasted those guys. I said, look, when I showed up at the thing, man, you guys were all antisocial and not very welcoming. And bottom line is, people roll up. I see whatever they're driving as a car, and if they want to chat with me, I'll chat with them like, hey, man, cool car, whatever, whatever, just talk about it. But it is disenchanting when you build something, and then, and not that you're seeking, it's not well received. And, not, and not that you're it's seeking, not, well received, not that yeah. you're seeking any, uh, any, um, accreditation for building it or any of that kind of stuff. Any attaboys, like, good job. Yeah, not that man, you're seeking you that, awesome but it's, that. but, but when you show, here's the thing. You know there's haters when you roll up in the baddest car but roll on the streets and there's just and you're just not getting the appreciation it should get. Nonetheless, it just lets it just tells me like, ah, eh, these aren't my cats. Like when I okay, so I've owned the Mustangs before. I've never never been too fond of the Mustang people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're they're a little different. They're all, they're all they're they're just different. There's just a different group of dudes. I don't it's not it's not I eat at Whole Foods for lunch, and there ain't a dude at Whole Foods I'd kick it with. You know what I mean? I sit there and go, nope, nope, nope. Me and my buddy go there for lunch. And I'm like, there ain't a dude here, over here, or at Ikea that I think we got anything in common. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it, it's one of these... It's one of these things where it's a little disenchanting, like you when you when you finish your square back in the early in the, in the late. Uh, it was ninety four. In the mid nineties, when uh, you finished the square back and you got first the jamboree, you got first the VW Classic. You took it was ninety six. I got first you, the you Classic took, and jamboree. You took, we're going to yep. reference George's our calendar, so um, you got first, yep. and then you were told by the VW like, ah, oh, we don't shoot black cars. Yeah, for the I magazine. got first place at every show I took my car to. And they wouldn't shoot it because they said we don't shoot black cars. They're, they're too hard to shoot. But and I had that. I got such a kick out of that. Like, the I would see second place get a full feature, and first place wouldn't get a feature. I'd be like, man, and, that's and if you bumming look, me if, out, man. If like, you look at the magazines those times, it was raspberry cars yeah. in the cover, powder blue cars. It was kind of a theme going along, and so sometimes. You know, it's a super bummer when that happens. Then you ended up selling your car to the Japanese. Thanks yeah. a lot. You know, whatever. Enjoy it, Japan. But it lives there still, I believe. But anyway, uh, it's it's interesting that you have those those circumstances that can be kind of a bummer because you you build those cars, you grab a magazine, you look at stuff, you go, one day my car is going to be in there. We all start in the mediocre area when we get our cars, and it's up to us to take to that next level where we want that car to be. What do we want it to do? Do you get the same wheels the guy next to you has, ha, has on, or do you get a different set of wheels for it? Do you do the same engine that guy has, or are you going to do something else, something different? You know, it's up to us to take it from where we start from and move it to the next level and, and elevate it. Yeah, and, 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 and 
that at the end of the day is the core beauty of the VW scene. You know, you can start with whatever level project you want and you can make it your own. I mean, you could have a russet potato looking, no interior <laughs> having, big 58. stinger, 58. Show up at the street races with, every weekend. With a pair of scat seats with in it. With splatter painted engine. Splatter painted engine. Pour that model paint over. And that's, that we're, descri- <laughs> hey, we're, we, des- we're describing Scott's first car. But it was. Making fun of Scott. It, yeah, it was making fun of Scott because he's just sitting here. But uh, <laughs> it was. It, but the cool thing is, like, Scott had that bug. I had my bug. You had your square back. Everybody had their car. We all had everything that was a little bit different. But, you know, it we was all be- made it our own. It was because we were VW guys. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what, we, that's what was cool. And that's the best part of the hobby is just the people that you meet, uh, the connections that you make. Well, heck, you look back. We have had friendships. Obviously, you were 16 when we met. Sure. All of us. And a lot of the core people that we met at that time we still hang out with which is pretty nuts to think about like there's not not everybody but there's, there's a, a handful good of guys there's handful a handful of guys, guys. that, that guys we have known for 30 plus years sure. 20 plus years at least you know yeah. coming and, up on 30 soon actually because yeah yeah and, and 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 all starting with different levels of interest in vws we're all at different places with what with how much money we made and what we were doing for work and all those types of things but that's what i love about the scene so get back to our list here um so, we talked about, uh, did you not make your list, George? Yeah. Right. So, number one, we have know your budget and buy well, meaning either you're going to build it or you're going to buy it. Right. We're just if you were looking at something and... and we're good. And, yeah. Review it. So, number two would be buy the best core. Right. Best possible the, core you can get, most complete, get. most rust-free, and non-dented. And number three is... Figure out if you're doing the if you're doing the restoration, assign your tasks to you and know what you're gonna sub out yeah, to set your budget. I would think uh, number four is really look at what you can do yourself with what your skill set is. That's what number well, three. Well, but what, I'm, but what I'm saying is like if there's other things that you could do, like if you can build your own motor, if you can rebuild your suspension. My motor on my bus is my first one I ever attempted to build. Yeah. But my, and my, it's been going my point for I'm making nine years now <clears throat> to build to. To do to do a beam, if you go, let's say you want to do a narrow beam on your car, mm-hmm. you take it to a shop. It's fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, we probably more than that to narrow beam rim. Yeah, I'm talking about a beetle. Yeah, you buy a two inch narrow puma beam. You show up at the wagon yeah. like you're here. Swap it out. Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. You're, you're full. Easily. You're a day and a half of labor because when you're doing the beam, you're gonna do disc brakes. You're gonna change yeah. the master Drop cylinder. Spindles, There's a, all it's stuff it's not like. just a beam. You think it's a beam? It's not a beam. So make sure you call Uncle <laughs> Bill here at Let's Talk Dub. Send me a message, and I'll tell you you're not just getting a beam. Well, if you know the direction when you're first starting a project, like, and that's another thing, like, it so we talk so about know your ability and then know your direction. No, which where am I going with this car? So is it going to be stock? That. Is it going to be lower? Is it yeah. going to be this? Is it going to be that? So so make your plan as to what what direction the vehicle is going in, and you so budget accordingly. So we talked about making a plan, and then there I would say there's really effective ways, and it depends on how hard you hustle, right? So there's super effective ways to save a lot of money. Um, if you don't have the cash, there's always stuff that you can sell, like a dirt bike, to trade for a motor. You can borrow it for. I mean, also, <laughs> but, that's, about this. But, but that's what that's what Scott if, did. If you can, if you can find, okay, somebody had a really nice beam in the front of their car, and then they decided they want to go with the cool rides front end, or oh, I'm going to go air ride this time, whatever. So they get rid of their static beam, buy someone's used stuff, so long as it's worth it, and it can be cleaned up. There's you know there there there's ways to go about it too. 
make smart purchases along the way of other people's mistakes. You find motors all the time taken out of sand rails. You find you know transmissions taken out of this. You could you could so do some serious so hunting. Yeah. You, you you can get creative, and you guys have the advantage of the internet. Uh, the internet, you know, uh, you can get creative with what you purchase by really being kind of open, searching the internet, looking for deals, finding uh, finding things you can trade. Like Scott, what, you traded uh, your RM two fifty for. I, I mean, I, yeah, man, you whatever. You traded an RM two fifty for. Yeah, hey, I traded an RM two fifty dirt bike for a twenty one seventy six that was out of a friend of mine's car, McGee, out of California. You know, and and uh, you know, and and that that some of those parts ended up in in the convertible on the first but i mean like yeah wait so so a lot of people think like i need tons of money well there's things you have that you can get resourceful and sell and sell trade or swap for other stuff and so i think people would be surprised where they have something they don't think is really worth anything when they put it out there to trade for something they'll find people that want to trade now also in the same respect don't set yourself up to get roasted on the internet and like you have something yeah, worth a hundred bucks and, weird and think you like want to. Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. I'll give you a perfect example. I got so I've got a Westie bus for sale, right? Bought the bus to cruiser for a little bit to sell it. I bought it because I bought it good and I could sell it. I could give somebody else a good deal, make a few bucks, right? Guy hits me up because I got it for sale. Guy sends me a text like, "Hey, bro, I'll trade you for this bug." It was a '58 bug, and it was lowered on. Black Fuchs and it was meh stock motor yeah. whatever, and so the the whole thing he says yeah here's what I'm willing to trade here's the work that's been done to this it's narrowed beam it's this it's that sixteen hundred or seventeen seventy six single carb motor nothing to write home about yeah. like meh average right and he says I think they're worth about the same hmm. and I was like I'm okay thanks and then. I was just thinking to myself, first, we're starting off with an individual who thinks that his Beetle is worth that kind of money. Beetles are one of the hardest cars to resell. Unless you've got a standout Beetle that's just unbelievably devastating, or it's a super early Beetle. If it's just a big window Beetle, they're not big sellers no. unless it's a standout. And so for this guy, like that, that was the other thing. Do your research. Find out what stuff's worth. Because if the guy went to look for what's worth... There's what stuff's listed for on the Samba and then what people are getting for it. Mm-hmm. So back to the, one, of, one of the things, like if, you're, if you have the money, the scratch put together to buy a rolling driving car, my advice is buy it, change the wheels, arm all the tires and do something you enjoy. But, and save your, get to the finish line a lot faster because you're, you're not going to enjoy the experience of restoring it if you think you're going to do it on a budget. That is a budget that spirals out of control quickly. But... The other thing you want to do is make sure that you, when you're looking to get resourceful, trade some items or do some. You got dirt bikes, you got ATVs, you got whatever that you can trade. Oh, you might be able of. to trade your yeah. your trade, your you, what you do for a living. My brother has done multiple oh, yeah. floors in people's houses to get something done on a car or. That's you right. Know. Let's talk dubs. You need tile or granite. You let me know because we, <laughs> we do some tile and granite for some Volkswagens. But yeah, I mean, get resourceful with that, and also get connected to the market. Do some research. Find out what stuff's going for. So that way you can jump on a deal when you know it. Because there's nothing worse than we hear a guy who shows up at Georgia's shop with some rust bucket 55. And he's like, yeah, I could have bought a 51 for 13000 but I didn't know what it was worth. Like, I hear those stories a lot too. So I, I tell a lot of my people that call me up for whatnot, whatever. I tell them, if you are looking for a vehicle, feel free to email me your ads that you're looking at. So I can tell you if it's worth 
even considering or just to move on, get away from them? Scott here? <laughs> so You don't need me. No. But uh, so those those are going to be our kind of top five things if you're looking to get into doing some sort of restoration or something. And uh, always remember this. Your most expensive bill in a restoration is going to be labor. Hands down. Period. End of story. When you spend $7,000 on engine parts, you're still going to have to pay somebody another probably three dollars to $4,000 to assemble those engine parts. But you could always do it yourself because you spent that $7,000 on it. And Gene Berg used to say, no one cares as much as you do about the parts you just bought. And he's 100% correct about that. And I'm a very firm believer in builders or buyers should be the builders as well. I mean, I build cars for people, but I'm saying like, you should know your car. And if you have the means to attempt to do the work yourself, then you should be the one turning the wrenches on your car, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people get stuck on the execution of the task and they don't want to kind of get wound up with doing that they don't want to screw Ow. something up and they're, they're thinking like time hey, consuming hey i'm not an engine builder maybe i want to have somebody else do this for me and i'm willing to pay the price that's the other thing you need to get in your head get in your head that <clears throat> i've heard it said on other podcasts that shops charge way too much and they're they're overdoing stuff absolutely a shop is going to charge you too much that you feel is too much if you bring up some crusty, busted up car that they got to spend two hours cleaning before they can work on <laughs> yeah. it. Like, honestly, like those, those are things that you got to think That is a reality. About. That is a reality. When someone brings a car into the shop, I actually started turning away line work because I was getting too many complaints about the way things were getting built. And people don't realize when you, okay, you bought this car and it's been held together by baling wire and chewing gum for the last 25 years. And you're bringing it to me and you want to make it a solid car. It well, needs everything from front yeah, to back they, on that they point. They forget like, the bidding and they go, I want this to be reliable. You're like, well, get rid of this piece yes. of garbage. Take that off yes. there. Do this, do that. And, and, I, like, and that's another thing, too. I think when, when people don't have the, if, if they're not familiar. Yeah, with they them, don't have the knowledge. If they don't know the knowledge, familiar. At. Like, you know, so there's been a handful of times where I've asked you, hey, can I, you know, have you do this? And you're like, I'm not touching that. Well, for instance, let's go to your double cap when we were building your double cap. Because Scott actually did have a big hand in building his double well, cap. Well, let's go even before. It came down to the point of like, hey, man, we got to sand the underside of your car. Oh, no, I'll come in and do that. And he came in, and he lasted, I think, maybe about three hours and tapped out and said, no, you go ahead and handle that. Because it is hard, sure. hard work. Now, if Scott would have never come in and experienced that, and I hand him a bill for eight hours of just prepping the underside of a bus, scrubbing it out, getting this, sanding this, sanding that, it's going to freak out and go, really? I could have pressure washed that thing off in an hour. Well, the, yeah. my, my, what I was going to say, the example I was going to use was, you know, on Emmy's bus when I was, I was restoring that, the undercarriage of that to put everything back together, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, well, just take, you know, I don't have the time to go through all the brakes and all that, just do that at your house. So, yeah. you know, so I did a stock rebuild mm -hmm. on all four corners of, of that bus, mm -hmm. had, you know, took the drums off. Had had a shop turn the drums and and then I you know all new wheel cylinders all new, new wheel shoes, cylinders new spring shoes yeah. and what, what hoses what, lines all that good stuff you know it probably took me not an exaggeration it, well it took a couple of weeks to complete it for yeah, you're doing a little bit here a little bit there a little bit trying. there but but easily over twenty hours I probably had easily I probably had a couple hours trying to get the stars that were rusted into the oh, yeah. into the yeah. into the um. Adjusters, the adjusters, yeah. you got to soak them in coil, you know, just to get free. those out, just a few hours and just that. So, you know, that's going back to the example. I don't yep. think customers that are taking their car well, to the shop, they feel that, like they're getting they're overpaying, but they don't realize that's how the, that's much what, time is involved when you're working yes. on an old car like this that it takes to, to that's what people don't understand. They, they don't understand 
the time, effort, and energy it takes. And so there is some obligation on the on the uh, the builder or the shop's part to say, listen, I don't think you understand this is not because you have to remember when we're talking brakes, especially mm-hmm. there's the brake place that says bring your brakes, any car, any brakes, $99, right? And you're like, look, your pads are going to be $99 for yeah. a brake resto. And so when someone's going to fully restore their four-wheel drum brakes, you're going to be the same price. Your you- Wolfsburg West bill or wherever you're going to get your parts from will oh, be four to $500. Easy. You, this <clears> is why I stress with people so much upgrade to disc brakes. With what you're going to spend in drums, wheel cylinders, especially type two, you start getting. Into, I mean, if you're if you're lowering it, if you're going original, you have to stay with the drums in the back. Do but people keep them stock eyes? Some people do. I haven't met them yet, Man. but some do. Man. But you know what you're going to have in parts to restore a set of antiquated brakes. Step up to the plate and get some good brakes from another car. You know, in my even opinion. me, not even you know, being around VW as long as I had been, I had never really done that like a full restoration of a full brake restoration, full brake, yeah, sure. full brake restoration on, on oh, a type yeah. two or a bus. Back and play had, you know, stuff, yeah. had I had that conversation with you prior, and you might have even told me, I'm sure you did. probably did say, just go get disc brakes, and said I <laughs> yeah. want to leave it all stock. Had I realized <laughs> I'd spend in parts, forget the amount of labor, because mm-hmm. you know, after Billy started running nine forty four disc brakes on the Boron bus, Player. I you know he he called me one day and said, hey. I just drove by this junker. There was a 944 Porsche up on blocks. You should go down there and grab the brakes off it. I went down with my canvas tool bag, pulled up to this junkyard. This this T-bone 944 Porsche is up on, on, on rims being held up in the air. And I literally went around that car and pulled the rear hubs and calipers off the back of it. And the front hub yeah, rotors and calipers. Bucks, all, leaving. Oh, no, eighty, dollars. Yeah. I bought you're $100 the dollars. And I even kept nine forty-four brakes. I even disc brakes vented and everything. I even kept the brake lines on those brakes. And then you know, so I, I picked that whole brake setup for eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Get home, and uh, you know, Bill's like, "Well, you got you have to call Russell at Old Speed." And so I had never. My man. I did. And back then, I didn't even know who Russell was. And this is going. You know, this is when I got that double cab. Man, it was a, it was a long time ago. Yeah, early two thousand. He was just really starting early. to kind of like make bearing spacers and rate and rate or you know race spacers or bearing mm-hmm. spacers yeah. and then brackets to mount that that caliper. Yeah, and, I showed uh, you the way. So Bill, yeah, he's like, yeah, call Russell. So I called him. And I, you know, I forget what he charged, but it was it was nothing what a brake would cost, yeah. right? I oh, got yeah. the caliper mounts and, and the and the uh, and the bearing spacers. And I'm not kidding you; it was a, I almost thought I did something wrong. It probably took me maybe an hour so and a half easy. to You're put like, everything back on the bus. Right. I used the pads that were on there from the junkyard. I didn't change a thing on those brakes. And I look at that, and those brakes are still on my double cab today. To this you know, now granted, we've gone through. Them. Yeah, yeah, you've gone through detailed them everything, but. <laughs> You know, that and it's is, kind of funny. I got to figure that out. I I should have went and and took Emmy's bus and at least put disc brakes on it. But yeah. you know, well, and that's that's part of the process. So maybe I take maybe I got to eat my words back earlier in the podcast when I said restoring a car is a lot cheaper because I think really restoring it and trying to find period correct date stamp stuff, the correct parts and pieces because. VW made so many different upgrades year to year that there's oh, yeah. these minute differences that you might notice that you might not notice. So maybe I my words a little bit because really thinking about it, <clears throat> restoring it, the difference with restoring it, if the car is complete and usable, you can save yourself money by, by doing your own labor. But it's, it's work, man. It's work at whatever it is. When so, you're doing a custom <clears throat> job and you run into whatever roadblock, there's a workaround. Oh, well, we'll just do this and this and this, and it'll look cool. Okay, move on to the next thing. When you're doing a resto and you run into a roadblock, 
you need to fix whatever is wrong with that resto because it, there's only one way it can be, and that is sure. the correct way. And that's what makes a restoration way more difficult. Yeah. No, there's... And, the, unfortunately, I learned that the hard way. Well, listen... I thought they'd be easier. I think everything... I think everything, it's a misconception. Obviously, you thought it was as well, absolutely. just as I did, you know? Absolutely. This gentleman called me today. He's like, no, I just want it all stock restored. I said, yeah, you still touch every bolt. You still touch everything on the car. And the labor is still going to be in the area of about $30,000 to do it. Well, I and remember I when, I was want, when I was wanting to play bass, I was at a music store one day, and the guy's like... Uh, and I was a horrible bass player for the record. Horrible. Um, and the guy said to me... Uh, why do you want to play the bass? I said, because it's only got four strings. seems easier. He goes, you still got ten fingers. <laughs> That's the guy says to me. I never understood that. But, uh, you know, but you know the same, same premise. It's yeah. like, you think one's going to be easier than the other. Nope. They're both exactly the same skill set. You, you know still what I mean? you got to get them to do the same thing. So, <laughs> I just wanted to share that story with you. <laughs> so, the guy showed me he had two fingers. And I was like, all right, lobster claw, I'm out of here. So, <laughs> but... Anyway, you know, uh, uh, what else we got, guys? Is this it? Are we going to wrap in this round table up for today? Um, we'll most likely be reoccurring guests on this podcast. Yeah, so we'll, we just wanted to chop it up. For I'm going to I'm gonna chime in on, on the next time we come back, and I'm going <laughs> to get some more mic some more, uh, more uh, mic. Hey, you guys time. are lucky because usually Moses never shuts up, so this actually worked out <laughs> very well. Yeah, it's not bad at all. So, But, uh, yeah, so. We've got too much on our, I have too much on my mind. The, the, the show is coming up in, in, in a week, right? Yeah. Next week. Not Mark, this weekend not coming this weekend, up, but the weekend following this. So I don't know when it's going to air, but, yeah. You know, and we're looking forward to that. This one's going out to tonight this one's going out tonight tonight yes you know well so um, be ready be ready for the march meet philosophy Vegas UW club march meet uh hit us up on the podcast hit us up on facebook uh, leave some comments we'll let you guys know give us some feedback on what you guys thought about the round table give us some topics to discuss three experts with no expert idea that we're just here chopping up talking about vw's um but make sure you guys put that on there also our social medias are i am the wagon on facebook that's George. That's George's Facebook, and he's also on Instagram. On Instagram, George TVW is his mine. George TVW and at George TVW, yeah. And then uh, Scott, you're. Uh, I'm just Scott Moses on Facebook. I'm just Scott Las Moses. Vegas. Just look for the guy bench pressing 26 <laughs> pounds. So Scott's pretty buffed. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and then me, you guys can find me at Let's Talk Dubs on Instagram, and also Let's Talk Dubs on Facebook. Our website's letstalkdubs.com. Make sure you guys hit us up and put some comments in the comment box. You can also comment on Facebook. Give us some information you'd like to hear about, any specific questions you guys have or things to that extent that you might want some information from us over here in the desert. Uh, we're living at large here in Las Vegas, and Let's Talk Dubs. We'll see you guys on the next episode.